1: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: Jeremy Rutherford, kind enough to join us. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Good morning. Good morning. Good interview with uh, DP earlier, as usual. Thank you very much he, he was great as as he always is I wanted to know jr what your primary takeaway was from the interview
1: well you could just hear the disappointment in his voice and I think uh, you know I've listened to almost every interview I think you guys have done with him and of course you know I've been interviewing him myself since 2007 he's an energetic guy he's a guy who wakes up every day to, to be around hockey and to you, you know just hear the disappointment and I traded some text with him uh, last night I, you know you want to be excited. For your new venture in Detroit, you want the fans in Detroit to feel like uh, you want to be there. Uh, But I think at least for the next few days, he's just going to feel kind of a uh, pit in his stomach.
0: Yeah, I don't think that uh, he wants to be Freddie Freeman in L.A. when he gets to Detroit in the Red Wings. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I was thinking about that, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you don't want the teammates wondering about that, right?
1: Right.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Well, J.R., as you heard, David shared with us that the Blues never made a formal offer to him. Are you surprised that they took that route?
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's multifaceted. So here's how I know the situation, and I touched on it in The Athletic this morning. You know, if you go back to last September, he's coming off a point-per-game season, uh, playing really well. And I think there was some disappointment with the offer uh, you know, I had two years at four million AAV in the paper uh, in the uh, Athletic today, and I think uh, you know there's been talk that it was just a one-year offer at a four million AAV. So uh, you know, who knows, one year, two year, but nonetheless, disappointment after coming off a point per game season, and then you get through uh, the entire year, and you hope that there's some discussions. There weren't. There actually weren't any more discussions until just prior to the draft and I don't think that the Blues were comfortable with the numbers that were being tossed around. That's not to say that David Prawn was looking to to make too much. He would have stayed here, I think, at a discount. I I certainly think that would have been the case. But I think by this point, guys, the Blues kind of had their their bed made in terms of they needed to go after a defenseman, whether that was re-signing Nick Letty or or someone else. Um, You know, the way I understand it is David Prawn – is a productive, popular player in St. Louis, but the Blues were prioritizing the blue line at this point. And then also you had the backdrop of the Robert Thomas signing, and they want to get Jordan Kyrou done. So, you know, I think by that time maybe that the ship had sailed, and, and that's why there was no formal offer made by the Blues.
0: Jr. I mentioned earlier on the show, I don't know if you heard it, but with the way the Thomas contract is set up and with the way the Braden Shen contract is set up and with the arrival of Duke i am of the opinion that blues fans better brace themselves for a departure of ryan O'Reilly after next season what do you think
1: yeah i mean we'll see uh, i just think he's such a, a valuable part to this team and and i think he's kind of in prawn's situation where uh probably you know would take less to stay here so i don't know what that number would be um you know he's still producing just like david braun was producing but you're right i mean it's an 82.5 million dollar cap and it's only going up maybe a million dollars each year. We might not go, see it go up several million uh, for a few years. So, you know, that situation I think is going to have to be addressed too. Um, when you look at some of the contracts they're giving out, let's, let's you know, we just touched on Thomas. I mean, Cairo's is going to be in that neighborhood too. You know, maybe not 8 million, even though he and uh, Thomas right now are identical 2.8. Uh, it's going to be in that neighborhood. It really is. And so does that push Ryan O'Reilly out, you know, uh, kind of remains to be seen. I haven't had too many conversations on that, so I don't want to get too far ahead of myself uh, but I do think if, whatever the Blues could try to do to keep Ryan O'Reilly, I think in the fold for a couple more years, they would do that.
0: And here's the reason I think what I'm thinking: it's because they've got eight and a half million a year in Thomas. They've got eight million a year in sh- or, or seven and a half in Shen, right? No, seven million. six, uh, six, five. six five. Yeah. So uh, the question would be: Are they going to invest that much money in essentially one of those guys being a third center?
1: Yeah. You know, and that's the case. And, uh, you know, where, where do they want to allocate the money? So, you know, we've known for a couple of years now, the way Doug Armstrong has approached these contracts that uh, he's trying to push the AAV down so he can get as many good players onto the roster as he can. Uh, But there's a lot of term involved in these. So, you know, if you lock up a Thomas to eight years and a Cairo to eight years and a Shen, you know, he's still got many more years on that deal. You know, how can you make it work with the Ryan O'Reilly at some point, the money, Uh, runs out, and you can't continue to just give everybody a lot of terms. So, uh, yeah, I I do think that's a situation that's going to get interesting as we get closer. Look, you know, nobody can sit here and say that Ryan O'Reilly is going to be back for sure because we all thought David Prahn was going to be back, right?
2: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Great point, JR. Um, Speaking of interesting, there had been a lot of rumors out there, but what is happening with the Vladimir Tarasenko situation? Anything still percolating there?
1: No, you know, it's been pretty quiet, uh, but I think we can, without you know talking to people behind the scenes see what's happening here Michelle is a situation where you know it's a 7.5 million dollars for the last year of the deal and Vladimir Tarasenko is worth that more more to you on your roster than he is trying to make a trade and and so i think that's the way Doug Armstrong has seen it since the trade request was made you know i know there was difficulty trying to trade him last year because nobody knew what his health was like and Nobody knew if he was going to be able to produce. Well, now we know that he can't produce. So I do think that there was uh, more interest this time around. I do think that teams uh, inquired, but I think Doug Armstrong, knowing what his situation was with David Perron, that he was likely going to have to let him walk, is going to have to keep Vladimir Tarasenko. I mean, if you go into next season, now we don't know what you could get for Vladimir Tarasenko, but you've already depleted the right side with the loss of David Perron. You know, is Jordan Cairo a guy who is for sure going to be that guy and show up every night and be consistent? You hope so, uh, but you need a Tarasenko, Perron, somebody on that right side. So as we sit here today, you know, I know stuff changes day to day. With the departure of David Perron, you know, at this moment, I see Tarasenko on that team unless Doug Armstrong has, you know, something up his sleeve that he's going to pull off uh, between now and the start of the season.
0: Jr. one last thing from me with the – Keeping of Letty, you get Thomas Grice, and you uh, obviously sign a fourth line setter as well. How do the Blues stack up right now to the Blues that finished their season with a second round playoff loss to the Colorado Avalanche?
1: Yeah, I don't think they're as good. I don't. I think for a couple of reasons. I mean, when you say as good or better than last season, well, Nick Letty was on that team at the end of the year. Yeah, mm-hmm. granted, you get him for the full year now, but you know, you are who you were at the end of the year with in terms of uh, the defense. Look at the goaltending. It's a step back. Billy Huso had a great year. He's gone to Detroit. Thomas Grice comes in. You know, he's been okay in his career. Not great. Is he going to push Jordan Bennington? And and could he, if Jordan Bennington didn't play well, like we saw last year, step in and play, you know, the number of games that Billy Huso did? No, I don't think that that could be the case. And then we haven't talked yet about David Braun not being up in that group of uh, top six. So, you know, I don't think they're as good as they were, but, you know, I'll go back to my last uh answer you know what does doug armstrong have up his sleeve you look at the defense there's eight nhl defensemen you know i think there could be even though you like depth on the blue line there could be a trade there and they might have to do something up front you know is it uh, the big headline matthew kachuk you know it could be the only thing is this and you know, he's going to make nine million next year on his qualifying if he accepts that the blues it's a dollar for dollar situation now that's where they're at with the cap there are $4 million in cap space. They got Nikola. They got Perinovich still to sign. So it's a dollar in, dollar out situation if you were to make a deal. Where do you pull $9 million from this roster if you were to bring up Matthew Kachuk? So to me, this has got the shaping of, of the roster heading into the season unless Doug Armstrong was able to find some areas where he could pull and, and bring somebody else in to upgrade.
2: I'm glad you brought up Matthew Kachuk, JR, because I think we are contractually obligated <laughs> to ask you about that situation before we let you go. So thank you for addressing that.
1: <laughs> yeah, just open the door for you right there. huh?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I appreciate and, it.
0: And by the way, they, the Calgary Flames. You, if you're an NHL team, you can't lose a quality of player of Goodrow for nothing one year, and then the quality of player of Kachuk the next year for nothing. You just can't yeah, allow you, assets yeah. to walk out the door, right? So whether it's the Blues or somebody else, they're going to have to move him or sign him.
1: Yeah, the phone's ringing off the hook, and I think I've told you guys that I do think uh, you know the, for for sure the Blues were one of the many teams. Colin Calgary, I even believe I'll take it a step further. I believe there was some traction with Calgary on a potential deal, but then I was told close very uh, a source very close to Kachuk that uh, Calgary kind of shut down the trade idea. And perhaps they were just waiting until after they saw what happened with uh, Gudrill. He walked away from $10 million yesterday from Calgary, uh, signs in Columbus. You know, there's two ways to look at it if you're Matthew Kachuk. Do you go back to a team that doesn't have a Johnny Gudrill, you know, what are your what are your chances of winning? The other side of it is here's $90 million and the captaincy, will you come back? Like, you know, how do you turn that down? Brady did it with Ottawa. You know, it's a tough question to ask somebody unless you're in those shoes. So we'll see what happens.
0: And JR, you will be on filling in for BK on BK and Ferrario today. And even if things happen during the show, you'll still be tweeting, right? If there are moves to be made. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yep. We'll definitely try to a lot of multitasking in the past couple of days, but yeah, 11 to two with uh, Alex, I think BK's out. So being with uh, Alex and Tanner and won't see you guys. We'll be out at Centene today, but I uh, hope you guys have a good weekend and, and we'll
0: see you soon. And just as an aside, as you are filling in for BK, before you had kids, did you and your bride go to one of the Disney properties?
1: <laughs> I heard this debate yesterday and I was driving in my car. Like, I was with Michelle. Like, you cannot go there if you're an adult. Uh, Without kids, and I've given BK trouble for that in the past too. I ask him why, why, why. Oh my gosh, I was dying listening to Michelle because she's like, "You're exactly right, Michelle." I mean, the screaming, the crying. I need a candy, but I need yeah. this, I need that. Like, yeah. So. So if you're an adult, there are many better places you can go than uh, spend your vacation time down there at a Disney World or a Disneyland.
2: When someone comes back from vacation and I say, how was it? And they respond with, I had breakfast with Goofy. I don't know how to handle that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> JR, you're the best. We'll hear from you later, okay? All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. That is uh, the great Jeremy Rutherford on 101 ESPN.
2: Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of so Plugged In with Chris Howard.